0: Welcome to The Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. You are our wonderful counselor. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. How many know we're not just celebrating the resurrection today, but we're celebrating our resurrection today. Everybody who knows Jesus, everybody who belongs to him has got resurrection life flowing in your veins. Can we celebrate that today? That's awesome. It's beautiful what Jesus has done for us. We're so thankful. So give it up for our worship team this morning. Thank them. And you guys can be seated. Oh, man. I, I sang myself ho- horse in the first service. I don't know what you call this, some other animal in the second service. <laughs> I, I, love, I love just worshiping Jesus. And um, I, don't, I told the first service this. Um, no, I'm good. I told the first service that uh, Easter Sunday is like one of the most intimidating, probably the most intimidating Sunday of the year for a pastor, for a preacher. Because we have to get up here and in 20 minutes, <laughs> we have to tell you about the most important event in human history. And, um, and then say, what are you going to do about that? You know, in 20 minutes before lunch and Easter egg hunts. And so, uh, you know, I used to feel a lot of pressure about that, but I don't feel pressure today. Because it's not my power, it's not my words. It's the power of Jesus and his gospel. And it's good news. And I just believe today there's some people in the room that you may have heard some news. You may have heard some news in church or from Christians or whatever. But I don't know if you've ever heard the good news. We, we get a lot of bad news um, about how we need to clean our lives up so God will like us. But the good news is that it doesn't matter what your life looks like. Jesus loves you and he gave his life for you on the cross. And I, I know it's real easy around Easter to hear about these stories of Jesus and the crucifixion and the resurrection and, and kind of relegate it off to another time in history that doesn't really affect like right now. Like what's real life look like, Gunnar? Like I'm going to work tomorrow, What, you know. I'm glad Jesus got up out of the grave, but what does that mean for me? And I wanna just boil it down today into really just one statement and it's this, Jesus walked where you walked. And Mode alluded to it in the welcome this morning. Some of you walked in and you're grieving. Some, some of you walked in like it's Friday. Some of you walked in like it's Saturday. You're confused, you're discouraged, you're in a place of disappointment, disillusionment in your life. Some of you are on cloud nine and that's great. But most of us are in, might be in a little lost place in our lives. And you may be walking through something right now that this whole God thing doesn't fit in that picture for you. And I want you to know that Jesus has walked where you're walking right now. If there's anybody that understands, it's Jesus. I want to take just a little journey, real quick message of just those final steps that Jesus took, those final hours that he took, and how he demonstrated for us not only who he is, but what he was giving us in the process. How many know this story about Jesus is not just a story to demonstrate for us or to model for us, but it's actually something to receive. The good news is to be received, okay? I hope you received this today. It started, where I wanna start today is this place called the Garden of Gethsemane. It was a place of olive trees, and jesus went there to to pray after the what we call the lord's supper where they they um the last supper where they sat around the table and they he said this is my body broken for you take and eat this is my blood poured out for you this is the blood of my covenant and they're like okay well, what's happening here and jesus goes to a garden to pray and he was in that garden around those olive trees under the under the olive trees that he he said his ultimate yes to the father and he said his ultimate yes in the middle of his struggle of this is the most weight i've ever carried because in that moment the sin of the world's bearing down on him in that moment everything you've ever done and turned your back on god and me were on jesus in that moment and he's in that garden and it's it's interesting that it was in that garden of olive trees because That is the olive press was there where they would take olives and they'd put them on this stone platform and then they'd roll this big stone around and press the olives, just mash them down until the oil started running out. And that is what was happening in Jesus' life at that moment. It's like there was so much pressure. There was so much stress on him. The Bible actually says that he sweat drops of blood. I think the medical term is thrombosis. Where there's just this so much stress on the body. That it shows up physically in your life. In your body. And Jesus was under so much duress. And so much pressure in that moment. Carrying the assignment. For you and for me. Have you ever felt stressed out? Have you ever felt a little weighed down? In your life. Can I just tell you. Jesus has walked where you've walked. And then that night. In that garden, he couldn't even get his best friends to just wait with him for an hour and pray. They're all falling asleep. They didn't know what moment they were in. And then here comes some footsteps in the darkness. And lo and behold, it's guards with one of Jesus' best friends, Judas. Iscariot and Judas comes up. He told the guards earlier, he said, The one I kiss is the one you're looking for. Walks up, greets Jesus with a holy kiss, unholy kiss. Turns him in. Chaos kind of breaks off. Somebody loses an ear. Go read about it. <laughs> but within seconds, Jesus is alone. All the disciples have fled. And he spent that night in a dungeon under the ground waiting for his sentence. Have you ever felt like everybody in your life walked out on you? Have you you ever felt like somebody that was real close to you abandoned you just when you needed them the most? Can I just tell you Jesus has walked where you've walked. He was brought before Herod, and he was brought before Caiaphas, the high priest. He was brought before Pilate. And he was sentenced to death. The crowd cried, crucify him. Let the murderer go and crucify Jesus. The only man who had ever lived without sin, who had done nothing wrong, is now sentenced to death. By execution, on a Roman torture device, and it was in that journey where they scourged him. They, the the song we sang about by his stripes we're healed. That's a reference to the Book of Isaiah. Hundreds of years before Jesus ever showed up, it was a prophecy. It said the one who would come to save us from our sins, his stripes would, would, would the healing thing in our lives, the stripes would heal. The, the writer wouldn't know that the literal stripes of the cat of nine tails on the back of Jesus, the body of Jesus torn to shreds, would be what the prophet was writing about. By his stripes, you are healed and I'm healed. And it was in that moment when they pressed the thorns down on his brow to the point that it broke through and they beat him over the head with that crown of thorns, mocking, saying, you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Spitting on him, cursing at him, stripping him naked and forcing him to carry his own instrument of death down the road outside of the city where he'd be hung on a cross for every person coming in and out of the city of Jerusalem to see don't mess with Rome this is what will happen to you don't break the law here and an innocent man would hang for a lot of guilty people everyone in this room in fact and watching online but Jesus started off with his cross and he a lot of people think that some people say it was there was a beam in the ground And that he carried the the cross beam. Some people, you know, you've seen it where he's carrying the entire cross. I don't. I'm not sure how how it happened exactly. All I know is when they got to the place of the skull called Golgotha, they laid him down on that wood, and one soldier took his arm and stretched it out as far as he could this way, and the other soldier stretched it out as far as he could this way onto that wood, and nailed spikes into his wrists. They would nail him to a tree through his feet. And as they were nailing those nails into Jesus, fastening him to that wood, he says the unthinkable. I don't, I don't know what I'd say. I mean, some of y'all be cussing some folks out. Somebody's trying to do that to you, you know? I don't I don't know what how I'd respond in that moment. I mean, the horror of it. Easter's not pretty. What happened to Jesus that day was not beautiful. It was horrifying. It was disturbing. And What happened to him would also cause us to remember what the prophet Isaiah prophesied about. And we looked upon him with disgust. And there was nothing about him that made us think, this is who I want to follow. Like a dying man on a tree. But as he had those nails Hammered into his body. He said these words Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Have you ever had anybody hurt you so bad that you'd say, I just don't know if I can forgive that? Come on, somebody in this room right now, you're dealing with that right now. It's a reality. In your life. It's like. I, you don't know what has been done to me. I can't forgive that person. And I'm not minimizing. What you've been through. But I am saying. Jesus has walked. Where you've walked. And. The amazing thing about the gospel. Is like I said. It doesn't just demonstrate for us. Who Jesus is. But if we could receive it. If we could see that it's actually something to grab a hold of and take. Something that's being offered to us. Once we grabbed hold of what's being offered, it would change everything. And ironically, the man who could pray as nails were going into his body, Father, forgive them, is the Jesus that paid for the sin against you the Jesus that paid for every sin that you've ever committed, and the Jesus that got out of the grave three days later with power and authority over all sin and gives you and I the grace to forgive and to love like he did. You're right. That's impossible to forgive something like that. But it's not impossible when it's Jesus living his life through you. That's what resurrection's all about. It's not just a story, it's about something that we receive. You don't just celebrate resurrection, you receive it. Dead man, come out of that grave. Do you remember singing that? I feel like the Spirit is singing that to some of you this morning. Hey, dead man, it's time to wake up. It's time to come out of the grave. It's time to actually not see the Bible and see Jesus and God as some story that has nothing to do with my life right now. But to actually receive the gift this morning. And then he hung there and they, for hours, he had two criminals on his left and right. One cursed him the whole time. The other one said, hey, will you remember me when you enter your kingdom? Yes. Like he got it. Like you realize a criminal being executed got the gospel before any of his disciples did. Some of you, some of you walked in this place and you're like, I don't even know if I could go to a church today. Because you feel weighed down with shame. Shame. Maybe last time you went to a church, you felt like, man, I'll never go there again. All I felt was they made me feel horrible about myself. Can I just tell you something? The worst of the worst are welcomed in to Jesus' kingdom. And if you see yourself that way, you're in the right place at the right time. Because Jesus wants to save you, rescue you. He wants all that shame to be dropped off of your heart and your mind. And you walk out of here free. That's good news, isn't it? Have I told you to do anything yet? To achieve that? To work that up? You know why? I'm not going to say that. Because it's already been done. Religion says do. The gospel says done. And when he hung on that cross. Before he died, he said three words. It is finished. It was done for us. I I don't know what the worst moment of your life was, but Jesus has walked where you've walked. The cross shows us The love of the Father. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? But it was the compassion of Jesus that drove him to the cross. But it wasn't over that day. They took him down off the cross. Having paid our debt in full, they took him off the cross A rich man named Joseph of Arimathea said, hey, I've got a new tomb over here meant for me. Put him in it. I'm donating the tomb to Jesus. And so they wrapped his body in linen, anointed him for burial. They put him in the tomb. They rolled this stone door across the entrance of the tomb so that nobody could... Mess with the body or go, they even put guards there because they said, hey, this guy said he was going to rise from the dead and stuff. Just put some guards out there take care of it, make sure nobody kind of messes with him, tries to steal him or anything. And um, Matthew, Matthew's gospel in chapter 28, verse 1, it says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. I think I would, too. (laughs) Then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid. And they're like, okay. I know you were looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. This is the deal breaker. For early Christians, Jesus was not just another God to add on. Jesus was not an accessory like a purse that you just kind of add on to your life. It was Jesus or nothing. And to become a follower of Jesus meant that you believed that God became man, lived a perfect sinless life, Died the hand of the Romans on a cross, was buried for three days, and then was raised up by the power of God, seen by more than 500 people, and his followers have literally changed, turned the world upside down. Like, that sounds nuts. And it is, if it's not true. C.S. Lewis, the great thinker. Christian writer who wrote Chronicles of Narnia. Many of you have read that. He said, Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, or he's Lord. And I I would say, even historically, it's hard to argue that that didn't happen. You're sitting in this room because it happened. But I also say this, the resurrection, while it is the deal breaker for our faith of like this moment that the God man raised from the dead with all powers to death, hell and sin in his hands, defeating it all. We can celebrate that this morning. We can sing about that this morning. We can celebrate the resurrection. But if we don't realize that him becoming the victor makes us the victor. We've missed the point. The resurrection is more than an event to be celebrated. It is a reality to be received. And if you're dead inside today, the Lord wants to light you up with life. If you feel like you've just been through it with religion, if you feel like you've kind of been burned by all that stuff, Jesus totally gets that, guys. Y'all realize religious people were all all over him uh, trying to get him to slip up all the time. They were accusing him. They're the ones that stirred up the crowd to crucify him. Jesus has a problem with religion, too. That's why he came. So that you'd finally believe that it's not up to you. Man, that's a lot of pressure off, isn't it? That's the resurrection. That's what the cross is about. Resurrection life is available. Worship team, come on up. I got one more story I want to share with you. In Matthew chapter 9, there's this moment where Jesus, months prior, he's, he's at the height of his ministry. People are following him. Like everybody wants a piece of Jesus, right? Everybody wants to just hear him. Everybody wants to lay eyes on him. Everybody just wants to get him to look their way. There's people who are sick, the blind, the lame, the deaf. They're all flocking to Jesus. People with leprosy, skin diseases, all kind of problems. And they're all just flocking to Jesus because they just think, if I can get to Jesus, he's going to fix my problems. He's going to fix my issue. He's going to heal me. He's going to say something that's going to change my life. I just need to be where he is. Can you imagine how overwhelming that is to be known by everybody and to know that that's the guy that can fix you? Think about the biggest problem in your life. If Jesus showed up in Savannah, Georgia, wouldn't you try to find where he was? If you knew he could fix it, that's what was happening. And he, it, book of Matthew says that he looked out across the multitudes and it says he was moved with compassion for them. Let's pause right there. That word, moved with compassion, in the original language, in the Greek, is a word that means the bowels churned. Like he literally, he was torn up about the need that he saw around him. I don't know if you walked in here with like that that whole weary and scattered thing like, like he saw in these other people. It says when he looked across the multitudes, they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Are you tired? The first service was tired. Uh, Everybody I talked to said, I'm just, just tired, man. I'm just, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I'm weary, I'm weary, I'm tired. And he says, they were weary and they were scattered. Have you ever felt scattered? Like you're just being pulled in a million directions. Do you ever feel like you're scattered of like, I don't know what what this season of my life holds for me. I just feel like I'm just getting up every day, making money, doing the job, raising the kids. Some of you are like, okay, I'm retired. Now what? Like, what is my life? Where am I headed? I feel so scattered and I'm weary. Can I tell you today, Jesus understands where you are and he sees you right now in this room or watching online. And he's moved with compassion when he looks at you. You see, you think nobody sees you. Jesus sees you and he's moved with compassion for you. For you're weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. The good news is he wants to be your shepherd today. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be the one who takes you by the hand and says, I know it's hard, come on. I know what you've done, Uh, come on. I love you anyway. I know you've been, and I say that's not who you are, come on. We're gonna do this different. We're gonna do it my way, it's always the best way. Do you know that everything, anything that you exchange in your life for God, if you, anything that you're that you're trading for him, you're always trading up. He said this. I'm going to make it harder for you guys than I did first service. Is that okay? He said, unless you are willing to leave everything, you can't be my disciple. Listen, Jesus has walked where you've walked. The call of the gospel is now walk where he walked. And you know where he walked? Down the way of suffering. He picked up his cross. He said, it's not about me. It's about my father's will. And it's about those people that I must pay for. It's those people that I love that I'm going to redeem by my blood. That's the call of the gospel. To take up your cross and follow him. So. I just feel like we need to do that. I feel like there's people in this room today, you may have had religion, you may have done all this stuff, but listen, it's not about what you've done. It's about have you received the gift, the free gift of eternal life. This is more than it's just about heaven when you die and all that stuff. The kingdom is now. His kingdom has come, it is coming, it's available. Resurrection life is available. Can we all stand our feet today? I want to ask our, those that I've asked to be on the prayer team, would you come on up, our community leaders? Just come on up and make a line right here. There's two, there's two people, two types of people, two groups of people I want to talk to today, okay? First group is this. If you're in this room today and you say, I've never given my heart and my life to Jesus, and what I've heard today is good news. I want that. I want you to ask you to come forward. It's not easy. Jesus walked that road for you. You can walk an aisle for him. But I want you to come talk, pray with one of these one of these leaders up here. They love to pray with you and lead you to the Lord. If that's you, just get out right now and start walking. And then the second group of people I want to talk to today are those that have said, you know what, I've known Jesus, but if I'm honest, I've shown up on Easter Sunday and I've not been walking the way of Jesus with him. I know where you've been. I've been there too many times to count. And the Lord in his goodness is always drawing me in and drawing me back to himself. No matter what I've done, he's always been faithful. He's always been good. And so don't let shame hold you back from coming back to the Lord today. I believe that there are people in this room, the people watching online right now, that you've been far from God and he's calling you back. He's not pointing the finger. He's got his arms open wide for you. Come home. Is what he said. In Matthew 11:23, he said, "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest." Rest for your souls. Are you weary? Are you burdened? Are you scattered? I don't believe it's an accident that you're here today. Say yes to Jesus. As our worship team leads us in this song, I want you just to step forward and just receive prayer from one of these folks up here. Come on. Come on. Say yes to Jesus today. He's the healer. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.